Hey guys, it's Tim and this is Wrestling Unlimited as it's Monday and we're here to talk about Monday Night Raw. I thought Monday Night Raw overall had a really good feel to it. Like, Luke, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you felt different. This almost had like Raw after WrestleMania vibes for me. What did you think? Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I thought Raw was pretty good tonight. It was a very productive Raw as well. They did a good, oh, yeah. good job of announcing stuff for Elimination Chamber and for next week as well. Very good and very productive as well. Yeah. Like you said, they announced stuff for next week. I mean, not only did they announce stuff for next week and announce stuff for Elimination Chamber, the first two matches have been announced for WrestleMania in Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns and Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair, which we'll talk about more. That kind of shocked me that they went <clears throat> Rhea and Charlotte instead of Rhea and Bianca because they've kind of teased Rhea and Bianca, but now we're not going that way, which is, again, to me, a little weird. I don't know if you feel different on that as far as it being Charlotte instead of Bianca that she picked. I mean, I was expecting Bianca, but at the same time, there's good storyline with Rhea and Charlotte. True. There's the redemption storyline. As you know, Charlotte, it's be- like, go for it. And it's kind of like years worth of storyline in the making, if you think about it. Somewhat, yeah. Kinda so like Rhea wants revenge on Charlotte because. Charlotte took away her NXT title at WrestleMania back in the day. Exactly. WrestleMania 2020, I want to say it was, or was it 2021? It was 2020 because that was like the COVID year. It was the first COVID WrestleMania or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, it was the COVID WrestleMania. But with that, I want to say thank you if you guys are watching watching live, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited or youtube.com forward slash pro wrestling unlimited. I also want to thank you if you're watching later on YouTube or listening on podcast services all around the globe, like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime because remember, if you have Amazon Prime or access to anybody's Amazon Prime account, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff of four games, and they always give you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month, and I'd greatly appreciate it if you did so right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember, if you're watching on YouTube, you can help us out over there a couple of different ways as well. First, first off, excuse me. First off, you can become a channel member. Become a channel member and you get early access to news, early access podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. Plus, you can donate a super chat in the live chat, and that will make sure that your question, comment, or concern does get read on the air, and it helps us out tremendously. Super chat donations are very, very much like appreciated. Any kind of donation or any way you support the channel is very, very appreciated. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming one of the free games or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, Fall Guys, or Rumbleverse, use this code right down here, PWUnlimited at checkout, and you will be directly supporting us at no extra cost. Hey, it doesn't cost you anything if you're just claiming one of the free games. Claim one of the free games, and you put the code in, we get a kickback. You don't spend anything, and there we go. Remember, it works for all Epic Game Store and Epic Game purchases, whether that's on your computer, your PlayStation, your Nintendo Switch, or your Xbox. But as far as Monday Night Raw does go, the show itself did kick off with a tremendous, triumphant Cody Rhodes video package highlighting his return and his victory in the Royal Rumble. Cody would then come out, and the crowd was loudly chanting, you deserve it. And you can see Cody was somewhat trying to hold back tears. At least that's what it looked like. At least what he, he wanted us to think. So Rhodes started with, so what do you want to talk about? He said he wasn't the same person when he debuted in WWE years ago, when he was 19 years old. He said he remembered showing up to OVW, and he wanted to be the WWE champion. He said he would be WWE champion within two years. He thought he would be the next John Cena. 
Rhodes wondered what he would tell his younger self. If he would tell his younger self about all these different things. What would he tell his younger self about restoring the Intercontinental Championship to its retro glory? Becoming dashing Cody Rhodes and giving out, I guess you say, fashion tips or whatever. Painting his face and not really being happy. Marrying the woman whose job it was to announce every man's name. Losing his best friend. And I thought, he said losing his best friend or losing a hundred and uh, a 295-pound best friend. I thought... He was referencing Brody Lee, but apparently he was referencing his father, Dusty. And then Sam, Then he said, and welcoming a child. He said, catch fire and wrestle all over the world before taking an excursion and winding up being the winner of the Royal Rumble. Would I tell myself all that? Would I warn myself about anything? No, I wouldn't. Rhodes said that he wouldn't tell his younger self anything because every step on this ladder that he took was worth it. Rhodes said that wrestling has more than one royal family. And in fact, WWE has more than one royal family. And I liked how he started to make this not quite personal with Roman, but being like, hey, Roman, your family, the bloodline, the Anawaii family, whatever you want to call it, you're not the end-all, be-all, because I have a great lineage in my family as well. Rhodes knew that he would have to stand uh, across the ring with another royal family, the bloodline. And the LeBron James of this era, Roman Reigns. Crown then chanted, Roman sucks. Rhodes says he respects Roman Reigns. But in 62 days, that's when everything ends for Roman. He said at WrestleMania, it all comes to an end. Roman can still be the head of the table, the tribal chief, the biggest star in the world. The one thing he will not be is the WWE undisputed champion. And I liked what he said right there. Undisputed champion, which means... They're not splitting them belts. Roman is defending both against Cody at WrestleMania. So any thoughts on this part before we talk about Judgment Day coming out? It kind of shocked me a little bit that he said undisputed titles because I honestly thought they were going to split up the belts at Mania because apparently like USA was upset about not having right. a world title. So <clears throat> I don't. I mean, I assume maybe eventually Raw will get their own world title in the soon, but I don't know. Or like, are they are they still supposed to get their world title? I'm not a hundred percent sure. But what if, what if they do this whole thing where it's like, hey, SmackDown had the world title for a year. Now Cody's going to beat Roman, and Raw gets the world title for a year. Maybe that's the make good. I don't know. It's weird. Mm, yeah. It, it, again, it, it's kind of weird. But WWE's official statement on, or their official graphic on their Twitter, I'm pulling that up right here, does state. Um, well, the graphic doesn't say anything. Uh, yeah, no, it doesn't. Oh, this is interesting. So the, the tweet, now I need to go check WWE.com, but the tweet they sent out only states, Reigns, Rhodes, <clears throat> WrestleMania. Can Cody Rhodes dethrone Roman Reigns this April at WrestleMania or will the head of the table reign supreme? So it didn't say, but if we go, okay, here it is. But if you go to the WWE website and click on WrestleMania, it says undisputed, <coughs> excuse me, undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. So it's saying, yes, Cody will challenge the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. So there we go. It is for both belts, essentially, I guess you could say. And one cool thing they should do, and Cody kind of teased this on Instagram, Cody wins and then unifies the belts with one title. Cody showed the Cody uh, shared a picture of the winged eagle belt. That would be cool, and it would play into what Cody's done in the past, bringing back an old-school design. Yeah, like you do with the Intercontinental title. Yep. <clears throat> so I like that. I'm okay with it. Yeah, same here. So Cody's music plays, his promo is over, and then out comes Judgment Day, minus Rhea Ripley. Finn Balor wondered if Rhodes would do something original or if he would just rip him off like he has before. Referencing going to New Japan and the Bullet Club stuff and all that. Dominic then said that Rhea will announce her decision later before saying that Rhodes ruined Judgment Day's plans of having somebody from Judgment Day and 
Rhea Ripley win the win both Rumbles. The crowd laughed when Dom said that he was supposed to win the Rumble. They also bragged about whatever happened to Ray. We still don't really know, other than according to Dave Meltzer, he stated that Ray was injured in the carrying cross match on Friday, hence why he wasn't in the Rumble. Damian Priest said that Dom should be main eventing WrestleMania. Not some suck up who complains to get what he wants. And that's my thing. What did Cody complain about? Did I miss something? I didn't hear Cody complain about anything. I don't think he did, no. Yeah, not that I heard of. Anyways, Dom says he wanted an apology from Rhodes for eliminating him from the Rumble, basically. Rhodes wondered if Dom was just trying to intimidate him, and the crowd laughed. Rhodes said that he had nothing but respect for Dom's father, and Dom goes, yeah, well, I don't respect my dad. And you know what? I don't respect anybody's in here's dad. I don't even respect your dad. Crowd then chanted, kick his ass, kick his ass. Rhodes said, all right, you know what? I won the Rumble, but I'm back. That means I can fight. So I'll take on any one of y'all, and I'll kick any of your asses later on tonight. It was then announced uh, after a break that Cody will take on Finn Balor in the main event. Thoughts? Honestly, I thought they were going to do Cody versus Dom tonight, and they were going to build towards Cody versus Finn at Elimination Chamber. That's what I thought was going to happen. So, the rumor is that Elimination Chamber, it's going to be Finn and Rhea against Edge and Beth. Well, if that's if that's the route they're going, Finn and Rhea have to win. They have to, because it's going to make Rhea look weak yeah. against Charlotte if they lose. True. But it's in Canada. Edge might, I don't know. They, they can... Mm, I think if Edge pins Finn, Rhea would be okay. But I get where you're coming from, though. So as we move on, they announced the Elimination Chamber qualifying matches. Well, they re-announced because they announced these earlier in the day on social media. But they announced um, some qualifying matches for the Royal Rumble. Um, I wrote this weird. What did I just... Um, it seemed like maybe they would go to... Oh, okay. Yeah. So Edge came out. I forgot this before the break. Edge did come out, and he attacked Judgment Day. Cody would jump out of the ring and assist Edge in attacking Judgment Day as well. <clears throat> so they showed um, the United States champion, Austin Theory, showing up to the building, and they made the announcement that Theory will be defending the United States championship inside the Elimination Chamber at, well, Elimination Chamber on February 18th. <clears throat> also, I do want to say thank you to... Ultra Killjoy underscore Army for the tier one subscription on Twitch. Really do appreciate that. Thank you, my guy. So we had our first qualifying match. It went nine minutes, and it was Seth Rollins against Chad Gable. Early on, Gable hit the Chaos Theory suplex, a senton off the apron, and a diving headbutt. They got a two. After a break, Gable worked over Rollins' leg until Rollins dodged a moonsault and hit a buckle bomb. Gable tried another Chaos Theory, but... Rollins landed on his feet and hit a Falcon Arrow for a two. It traded counters until Gable hit a cliffhanger DDT for a two. Rollins then tried an enziguri, but Gable caught him in an ankle lock, and Rollins countered into a cradle for a two. Gable applied an ankle lock again, but Rollins this time rolled through, hit the pedigree, and picked up the victory. Rollins qualified for the chamber. And interesting that <clears throat> he didn't win with a stomp. I didn't even see him attempt to go for the stomp. The pedigree was the word, the, the mat, the, sorry, can't speak right now. The move he used to pick up the win, which is very interesting to me. Now, the match itself went nine minutes. It felt so much faster than that. I mean, they, he has been using the pedigree, pedigree a lot more. True. Kind of like trying to treat it as like a second finisher, even though like the curb stomp is like his main finisher. They're, they're still trying to like treat the pedigree as like his one of his like main finishers. Mm -hmm. If that makes right. sense. Yeah. They have been, they have been doing that recently though. what do you think overall of the match though? It felt pretty quick. I like, I like Chad Gable though. He's a very like underrated singles guy. Like oh. people underestimate him. hundred percent, hundred percent. I feel like this match could have been better though. Like, I don't know if they were just short on time. Maybe. 
How long did the main event? Hold on. I got it right here written down. How long did that main event? Main event went 15 minutes, so it got time. And everything else was, I think, under 10 minutes. Um, yeah, basically. Yeah, the two qualifying matches went a little over nine, and then everything else was way under that except for the main event. But talking about matches that went about nine minutes, the Candice LeRae... Yo, Sky match went about nine minutes. And Corey Graves made note. This is interesting. Corey Graves made note that when Damage Control was coming out, Dakota Kai was injured in the Royal Rumble, but didn't elaborate or give any other specifics. So that's an interesting one that we did not hear about, that Dakota was injured in the Rumble. Hopefully it's nothing major, nothing serious, and she's not out of action too long. As far as the match, go for it. Did she get injured like in the Rumble or is it like before the Rumble and they still let her compete? Well, all Corey Graves said was, well, he was rambling on and then I just randomly hear, also uh, Dakota Kai was injured in the Royal Rumble. And then he didn't really say anything else. So I assume it was in the Rumble match. Because she didn't do... what part though. Right. Because she didn't do anything, at least that I noticed, that seemed like she would have hurt herself. So, I don't know. She didn't seem like she was limited at any point in that match. But hopefully we do hear more on Dakota Kai. As far as the match does go, I really enjoyed this match. I thought EO and Candice worked really well together. The first four or five minutes, they were trying. you could tell they were kind of trying to feel themselves out. But then after that, it just really got going. Also, uh, do we have to note that I didn't see any of the picture-in-picture picture because I used the USA app, and this week... They would shoot to the picture-in-picture. I'd see that it's in picture-in-picture, and then commercials. So, yeah, I didn't see any of the picture-in-picture stuff. And this one went to picture-in-picture less than a minute into the match. Um, So, after the break, LeRae hit a missile dropkick, Sky hit a backbreaker, and LeRae hit a German suplex off the bottom rope. And they made a big deal out of this to where, like, EO was on, like, the middle rope. Candice was standing on the bottom rope, and they said she got more snap and leverage off of the, the suplex doing it this way, I guess. LeRae did follow this up. She was in a electric chair drop spot, and she reversed it into a poison rana. Sky tried to go for a moonsault, but LeRae did get her knees up. LeRae did seemingly have her beat with a small package, but Kai distracted the ref until Mia Yim went after Dakota Kai, not touching her at all, just scaring her off. So they made sure that Dakota got involved, but didn't get involved physically, and no one touched her. Bailey then got up on the apron, and LeRae went after her for some reason, which distracted her. The distraction allowed Kai to roll up Dakota or roll up Candice, and there we go. Also, I don't know what Mio was trying to do, but when Eo had the roll-up and the ref was counting one, two, three, Mio was trying to slide into the ring for some reason. What was she gonna do? Pull out the ref? I don't know. But overall, I did enjoy this match. I thought EO and Candice worked phenomenally together as we've seen in the past in NXT. Oh, yeah. These guys work really well together, especially like in NXT. Like they had good matches back in the day. So this match did not disappoint for me. Yeah, me neither. So I'm honestly kind of thinking they might be leading towards Mia Yim and Candice challenging for the tag titles possibly yeah. at elimination chamber yeah that's, that's got to be the route they're going nothing else would really make sense for the women's tag titles i'm kind of hoping indy hartwell gets called up soon so they can pair her up with candace that'd be fun that'd be really fun she was in the rumble yeah but so is zoe stark and roxanne perez so it's like they put some women from nxt in there but it may not really lead to anything Zoe, maybe. I was, I was shocked that Roxanne was in the Rumble. So was I. That kind of surprised. Well, that kind of surprised me. Yeah, so was I because of the whole. Well, the winner can challenge for the NXT Women's Title, as we learned. So I don't know. I mean, last year they had Charlotte as the SmackDown Women's Champion in the Rumble. You're right. I forgot all about that. Okay. Yeah, I forgot about that. To be completely honest. Well, but they also kind of put her in there because they're trying, 
guess they had nothing else for her to do because they were supposed to have her challenge Sasha Banks, but they felt like she got hurt yeah. during that time. <clears throat> well, they had nothing for her for the Rumble this year, so they put should have put her in there. But anyways, I digress. It all went it all went well. So the announcers put over that Rhea Ripley is going to tell us after the break who she will challenge at WrestleMania. This was interesting, as I said earlier. It took me off, a little bit off guard, I guess you could say. So Ripley said that it's been a while since she came to the ring all alone without her Latino heat dom-dom and the rest of Judgment Day, but she wanted the attention on her and herself alone. She said that she outlasted 29 other women and can now choose her opponent for WrestleMania. She noted how three years ago, she was the NXT Women's Champion at only 24 years old, and her career was just getting started. She said she debuted on Raw and challenged Flair to a match at, uh, at WrestleMania, and Charlotte put her in her place. Because that was the way it happened. Like, Charlotte didn't just full-on say, I want to challenge Rhea for the NXT title. Rhea showed up and goes, hey, I'm just as good as those other ones. Why don't you challenge me? Because, I mean, that was the way it actually happened. Charlotte was always in the title picture, she said, and was always at the top of her game. Ripley hated to give Charlotte credit, but she gets better every year, Rhea said. The normal flow of WWE was with Charlotte on top, but Rhea wants to be a disruptor. She hates the standard and the flow that everything is and hates when things get overplayed. Rhea then said that she hopes that Charlotte enjoys her time on the top with everyone bowing to the queen because now... Everyone will be bowing to her. Rhea would finally go on to make her choice and state that I am facing Charlotte Flair. She says, Charlotte Flair, I choose you. Um, so there we go. Yeah, Charlotte will be facing Rhea at WrestleMania. It is official. And there we go. Very, very interesting. I thought she would go Bianca. They teased stuff with her and Bianca giving each other looks and kind of not really liking each other back in November and December, and then it led to nowhere. So, maybe this could, like, possibly lead to some members of Judgment Day going to SmackDown for a little bit before Mania. Because mm. I feel like you have to put Rhea on SmackDown to, like, help build up her and Charlotte. Yes. Maybe she takes Dom Dominic with her as well so they can start possibly building up him and Ray for Mania if they decide to do that, which it most likely will happen. Right. Kathy Kelly interviewed Seth Rollins, who said that he would win the chamber and take back his United States Championship from Austin Theory. Kelly asked about Logan Paul eliminating him from the Rumble. Rollins was actually kind of speechless about it and walked off. So here's my prediction. What if Seth does win the chamber, gets back the United States Championship, and Logan Paul challenges him for the U.S. title at WrestleMania? Now, there's also the rumor of Austin Theory and John Cena make that a U.S. title match because that was a big thing in Cena's career early, so they could go either way. But I think Logan challenging Seth for the U.S. title would be interesting and a good way to make that match happen because right now it's kind of just like, Oh, well, he eliminated him. I guess we can go that route, but there's no stakes, and what's the real reason? But, so, yeah. I think that would be an interesting route to do because it would be like, oh, damn, Logan Paul in another title match on a big show. I mean, it would be fun, but does he actually win the belt? Logan? Yeah. I don't think so because he's not going to commit to being there enough. But uh, it's a tough one. Also, I don't think Seth loses the WrestleMania two years in a row. Uh, since Saturday in the chat says I wouldn't mind Johnny Gargano winning the belt. I wouldn't mind it either, but they won't go that route. He's probably not going to win. They wouldn't go it. At least not in the chamber with everybody else. <clears throat> Excuse me. Everybody else that's already in the chamber. I don't think they do. They go that route. No, I think Gargano's going to have a good showing in the chamber. But it's going to be like Gunther in the Rumble. He's going to look good, but he's not going to win. Uh, Honestly, I mean, we'll talk about it later. I was going to say something, but we'll talk about it later. Okie doke. So speaking of Elimination Chamber, we had another qualifying match. 
<clears throat> it was Baron Corbin against Johnny Gargano. This match went nine and a half minutes. So they're going back and forth until Corbin knocked Gargano out of the air and slammed him on the edge of the barricade, which didn't look fun at all for old Johnny. Corbin at one point was in control until Gargano hit his slingshot spear and consecutive super kicks for a two. Corbin responded with a deep six for a near fall. Gargano avoided a charge, so Corbin went shoulder first into the post and Gargano followed this up with a suicide dive. JBL was pissed off, but backed off when Loomis would pull out a goddamn axe. Yes, he pulled out an axe. Loomis then put the axe through JBL's hat that was sitting on the announce table, and JBL went to back away, got his foot caught in a chair, and legit fell on his ass. Legit fell on his ass because his foot got caught in a steel chair. Like, what the hell? All this distraction, though, led to a few counters until Gargano cradled Corbin and picked up the victory. Johnny actually qualifies for the Rumble. I love the decision. Didn't think that was the route they were going to go. I thought they were going to go Corbin. But no, they went Johnny, which once again clarifies Triple H is in charge. Vince, because I, I see the people every day on Twitter. Oh, how do you know Vince isn't just running this place from behind and, and telling us it's Triple H? If Vince was really running everything, Gargano wouldn't know one here. No. So, yeah, and, and you want to know the biggest like sign that Vince is not running creative at all. Dewdrop went back to Piper Niven on Saturday. Any thoughts on the match? Yeah, I'm glad. I mean, this was, I was going to say earlier, but I'm glad Johnny Gargano won because I think he's going to show out a lot in the elimination chamber because they really haven't done a whole lot with them though. Like right. ever since he returned other than, having that short rivalry with Austin Theory, he, he really hasn't done a lot. Well, I well, know a lot of people on Twitter, I know a lot of people on Twitter was saying that maybe you put him at like number three or or number two in the Royal Rumble and have him like last, like to like the remaining fives to where he can like stand out. But so to that saying he didn't do much, he was gone for like two months with a shoulder injury. Right. But, but I do get, even before that, he really didn't do much. He was kind of more used to help the Miz Dexter stuff than his own stuff, to be honest. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And honestly, maybe in the chamber, have him last to, like, the remaining three. That's right. what I would do. That would have been cool. And also, I know it's kind of random, but, like, when's Champa coming back, though? Because maybe they could do something with him and Champa Ooh, at Mania. That's a tough one. I think they're just playing that by ear and not rushing him. I just I don't think they're rushing Champa right now because of the injury and stuff. So as we move forward, we had the VIP lounge <clears throat> special guest. U.S. champion, Austin Theory. So there wasn't really much to the segment, if I'm going to be completely honest. Theory thanked MVP for having him on the VIP lounge and recalled watching it when he was a kid. Theory figured he could make MVP and the lounge relevant again, or better yet, they could get rid of the VIP lounge and call it Austin Theory Live. Crowd told Theory that, well, he sucked as MVP asked him about the chamber. Theory told them to shut up which got them going even more. Theory then spoke about Bobby Lashley, <clears throat> and Theory said Lashley can't beat him. He recalled Brock Lesnar giving him an F5 on top of a pod in the past, and this match is going to be the last one standing, and he's going to do it better than ever. MVP was glad to see how confident he was, but warned him that you never know who may end up in the chamber. So that was a little interesting note there. Theory then said that he's already beaten Lashley twice, so he didn't care and didn't want to talk about the past anymore. Even though he didn't want to talk about Lashley anymore, he kept talking about Lashley and said that he should be worried with about Brock and not him in the U.S. title. Lashley would interrupt. MVP held back Lashley until Theory told him, keep listening to your daddy. 
MVP stepped aside, and Lashley would attack Theory. Lashley set him up for a spear, but Theory pulled MVP in the way, and Lashley accidentally would spear MVP as Theory took off. So, I don't know what this is leading to. I assume Bobby's going to qualify for one of the remaining spots in the in the chamber and then want to beat Theory's ass in the chamber, but eh, I thought this was just kind of filler TV, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, maybe this kind of sets something up to potentially reunite the Hurt business. I mean, it, they didn't really yeah. do a whole lot with that. They're they're teasing it subtly, but I mean, it's eventually going to happen. I think I don't know. Um, question is like, when's it going to happen though? Right? Because like, they're kind of like, they're slowing this down a little bit. True. Yeah, they're they're dragging it out maybe a little too long. Byron Saxon interviewed Finn Balor. Balor said that he figured Edge would have had enough of them by now, but informed Edge that he wasn't hard to find. Balor said that Cody Rhodes has been stealing from him for years, and Cody's getting taxed because he's coming to collect in the main event. That's cool. There's also a short little interview with Dave Batista about his new movie, Knock on the Knock of the Cabin. I want to see that movie. I'm usually not the one for those like suspenseful thriller type movies, but it's an M. Night Shyamalan long movie, or whatever you say the guy's name. And Batista's, like, for some reason in these trailers, is just coming off so good in this role that it's got me interested. I don't know if I'll see it in theaters or just wait for it to come out on demand or whatever, but I'm interested in this one. So then, Miz would come out. He complained about being attacked by Kevin Owens last week and complained about his Rumble entry number. What was he, number three, I think he was? Yeah, three. He said... Everybody teamed up on him because he's such a threat. And he got eliminated first as a result. Um, he claimed people at the airport chanted first man out at him. So the live crowd also chanted first man out, first man out. Miss continued to complain until Adam Pierce would enter to inform him, hey, you're about to face the newest Raw superstar. And who would that newest Raw superstar be? Well, it was finally the returning Rick Boogs. Finally! This guy's been gone for mm, 10 months. He was hurt last year at WrestleMania, and we haven't heard a peep about Boogs since. Match went a minute and 14 seconds. Miz tried to wrestle in his suit, and Boogs won quick with a press slam. What do you think about the return of Rick Boogs? I thought it was going to happen at Royal Rumble. If I was going to be honest. I didn't think it was going to because I haven't heard anything about him. And I'm just like, fuck, this guy's never coming back or something. Because usually we get some sort of report on, oh, this guy's progressing. Or, oh, this guy's had a setback. But when ever, ever, like, I'd get asked about it. Or I'd try to ask about Boogs. Or Dave Meltzer would get a, a mailbag question about Eric Boogs. He'd just go, I can ask, but no one's talking. And that's the same thing. I got a source or two that I can go to, and they're all just like, yeah, I haven't heard anything about Boogs at all. So his recovery either was just something that he kept to himself or they really wanted to keep a secret. <clears throat> so I assume they're probably just going to split him and Nakamura up because I, I have no clue what they're going to do with Nakamura now unless they just keep him on SmackDown. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to be a thing anymore. It doesn't seem like it. So, Chad Gable and Otis walked. People really liked them as a thing, though. <clears throat> oh, they were great together. Especially with him playing the Nakamura theme at, you know, for the entrance and all that. Yeah. Honestly, now thinking about it, I kind of wish Boogs would have returned in the Rumble, though. For one, one sole reason. Because Pat McAfee was on commentary. And Pat calling Boogs' return would have been freaking phenomenal. Because Boogs could have walked down playing the guitar the whole time, rocking out, and then Pat could have jumped up on the announce table, and then Corey Graves could have been like, Pat, sit your ass down or something like that. I, yeah, now thinking about it, that actually would have been a great way to do it with Pat there. But because Pat being on commentary for the Rumble was a last-minute decision like Friday, it's not like that was planned. They already had the plans for Boogs to come on Monday, so yeah. 
Chad Gable and Otis walked through the back, and they passed, interestingly, Maxine Dupree, Mace, and Mansoor. Mace and Mansoor were offended by the mere sight of Otis, calling him disgusting and grotesque, but Dupree excitedly called him perfect. Which is weird, because they're SmackDown wrestlers. So, is this a change? Are they now all on Raw? Because we saw... Boogs come from Raw to SmackDown to Raw. Now we got uh, maximum male models coming from SmackDown to Raw. Now the big question is, are we going to see Raw people move to SmackDown on Monday? Also, this does play in. We'll fast forward here for, for a moment to the second chamber match announced for the Raw women's title shot at WrestleMania where Liv Morgan and Raquel have been announced for that match. SmackDown wrestlers going to try and get a shot at a Raw title. So I don't think that means anything, but... Boogs being on Raw and Adam Pierce just flat out saying the, the newest member of Raw, but Maximum Male Models also being on Raw is interesting. Will they go into and maybe? Yep. Are they are they going to be splitting up Alpha Academy as well? Or is like Maximum Male Models going to try to recruit Otis? Yeah, that was weird because she called him perfect, like. She wants to mold him into her own creation. Or I don't know. I hope they don't. I think Gable and Otis are perfect together. They've only been together for what? A little over a year, maybe? Eh, maybe two years. Not long enough. That's all I'm going to say. Also, remember, guys, if you want to be part of the show and get your comment, question, or concern read live on the air, you can do so by donating a super chat in the live chat on YouTube. But as we move into the third hour of the show... There's a video package of the whole Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Jey Uso, bloodline angle from Royal Rumble. I've watched that like four or five times now and it never gets old. It's fantastic. Actually, before we go forward, Luke, we haven't talked to you since the Royal Rumble. What did you think of that final 15 minutes of the show with the whole bloodline Sami Owens angle? It was a very creative way that they're got Sammy out of the bloodline. Like I thought Sammy was just going to flat out, just leave Roman. But like, this was just like a very creative way. And you got to give credit to the person who came up with this idea. I don't know if it was triple H or someone else in creative, but this was like such a fantastic way. Just like, Get Sammy out of the bloodline. Yeah, no, this was... I liked it. This was amazing. Yeah, this was amazing. I mean, I've already talked about it twice now, so I'm not going to give much more thoughts. I talked about it after the Rumble. I talked about it this morning on the wrap-up. But, yeah, no, I thoroughly enjoyed that, that, I guess you could say, segment. And I'm a little heartbroken that it's a SmackDown segment. You have to wait all the way till Friday to get some sort of an update. So we had a Bailey segment with Becky Lynch. Right. Well, Bailey-Becky segment. Bailey entered and bragged about tossing Becky from the Rumble. She said that she was done with Lynch, but Lynch would interfere or interrupt, I mean. Lynch called Bailey a fool, and Lynch said that she didn't need to win the Rumble because she's already done that. She just wanted to make sure Bailey didn't win, which technically, no, Bailey didn't win, but Becky didn't make sure of that. That. I don't know. Kind of contradicted herself. Anyways, Bailey said that sounded like an excuse, but Lynch said Bailey was the one coming up with excuses. Lynch then said that Bailey robbed the fans of the cage match last week by attacking her beforehand and that she's too scared to admit that Lynch is better than her. Bailey said that she was annoyed that Lynch was there trying to take the spotlight, and Lynch noted that it's her birthday. Bailey called Lynch overrated, and she didn't think Lynch was good enough to be a champion again or even in the ring with her. She didn't think that Lynch was even good enough for her husband, Seth Rollins. She said that Rollins only married her because he knocked her up. Lynch seemed to take that to heart, and she told Bailey that she thought they were only feuding over wrestling. Lynch said that this all started in Orlando, so they should end it next week in Orlando inside a steel cage. Bailey immediately says no. Lynch figures she would do that, so she went to the back and dragged out Dakota, who had a chair wrapped around her leg. Lynch threatened to 
hit her with a chair. So Bailey accepted the match to save Dakota. Lynch was happy and told Bailey that she probably needs to go to the back and check on EO as well. So nothing really there other than, hey, they're going to run run the cage match back. And if they're smart, they book everything around the cage match. So nothing accidentally goes long and screws the cage match again. The cage match should be the focus of your, I guess you could say, rundown and lineup. It's got to be the main event for next week. Has to. It has to. Yeah. So earlier in the day, Byron Saxton interviewed Dolph Ziggler, but they were interrupted by Mustafa Ali, who grabbed the mic and mockingly did the interview instead. He said Ziggler. Uh, he asked Ziggler in a fake interview voice how he was getting yet another opportunity. Ziggler told Ali that he doesn't book the show. Not up to him, but he was going to steal it. Ollie responded sarcastically and acted impressed. So this match went three minutes. It was Dolph Ziggler and Bronson Reed. Nothing happened. Dolph hit a few moves. Reed then took him down, hit the tsunami, and pinned him. There we go. That was it. Nothing else. Thoughts? I'm honestly, I'm honestly like super excited for this United States Chamber match. Oh yeah. I mean, you can you can just tell this this match has like Triple H written all over it. Yep. Bronson Reed, Johnny Gargano, Seth Rollins, Austin Theory. Like, so far, this is going to be most likely match of the night. Most likely, because, yeah, everybody in this match is phenomenal. So this match is not going to disappoint. Then we got something cool. The return of Carmella. Kathy Kelly interviewed Carmella, who announced that she was back. She did all of her different catchphrases, and then she was interrupted by Asuka. Carmella was about to blow her off when Asuka would smile, because Carmella's like, oh, what are you going to tell me? I'm not ready for Asuka. And Asuka just smiles, and you see all like the mist in her mouth, and her teeth are all green, and she lets some of it like trickle out onto her chest. And Carmella's like, uh, uh, gross? And then walks off. So if you guys don't know... The reason Carmella's been gone, it's kind of heartbreaking. So Carmella, in 2022, I don't remember the timetable of this, but she did get pregnant and did end up having a miscarriage. And so WWE gave her the ample amount of time, however long she needed, to grieve the miscarriage. So that's where Carmella had been. But she's good now. And there we go. Carmella is back, and she will be in a, I want to say it's a, was it a, a triple threat or a four-way next week. Fatal four-way elimination. Uh, no, not elimination. It's just a four-way. To, yeah. Fatal four-way elimination match. No, why do I keep saying? Oh, because I'm reading Elimination Chamber. My bad. It's Candice LeRae, Meechin, Carmella, and Piper Niven. Winner moves on to the Elimination Chamber. <coughs> also, we'll just shoot forward here a little bit. Other matches announced for next week. Two men's chamber qualifiers. Damian Priest versus Angelo Dawkins. And Elias versus Montez Ford. Very interesting. Street Profits getting singles matches to go for a possibly singles title. What do you think of them teasing Street Profits doing their own thing? I mean, they're solid as singles guys. And, I mean, they're also just basically just trying to give them something to do because it's not like they're going to go after the tag titles anytime soon. Right. So, I mean, I highly doubt they're, they'll qualify for the Chamber. It's most so, likely going to be Damian Priest and Elias. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Battle you on that one. I think it's Priest and Ford. Because Ford wants to jump off one of them cell chambers. Or the, the, the chamber pods or whatever. I think Damian beats Dawkins and Ford beats Elias. But you, you, you could be right too. I just, I don't know. Elias just doesn't feel like he fits. But Ford, I feel like he's going to want to do some stunt and do like a big-ass frog splash off of a pod onto somebody in the middle of the ring. I mean, Elias has that chamber experience though. True. Also, speaking of the women's chamber match, in that match, because remember, the winner 
of the women's chamber match gets a shot at Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. It's Raquel Rodriguez, Asuka, Liv Morgan, and Nikki Cross so far in that match. Basically, I think it's the final women from the Rumble automatically, final four or whatever, automatically qualify for Elimination Chamber, which I kind of like that. If it's for the other title shot, then say, hey, you guys did really well in the Chamber or in the Rumble, so we're going to reward you. Next week, they're going to get one more spot, and then I guess the following week where they announce another qualifying match, but they got two spots to fill in that Women's Chamber. Doesn't I, assume, I assume Oscar wins the chamber. That, that's the right eye. Oscar versus go. Bianca would be freaking fantastic. So, yeah. And they did debut a new, like, look for, or new gimmick for Oscar. So, Somewhat. everybody it, loves it. So, yeah, it's her old Japan Kana gimmick where she's just crazy and badass. Um, so I didn't write it down. I don't know why it's not in my notes, but there was a Chelsea Green segment where she was complaining like a Karen, and that's her new gimmick. It's a comedy gimmick where she complains about things like a quote-unquote Karen. There wasn't really much to it, but she was on Raw, so yeah, I guess she is now a member of the Raw roster going forward. Do you think... She would fill in one of those last spots in the chamber. Ooh, I didn't think about that, but it's very likely. No. I feel like, no, based off the character that they're going to do the four-way next week, then maybe they do another four-way the week after, and she goes and complains about not being in the four-way, and then something. Maybe. Maybe she complains about, like, Oh, you do a triple threat after a four-way last week? Why can't you do a four-way and add me to it? And then, then maybe, maybe. I don't know. It's a weird character to character choice and gimmick. So I think we just got to wait and see exactly how the character fleshes out. Was that her character during NXT? I know I know she was paired no. with Robert Stone. but In NXT, she was with Robert Stone, just like very confident. I felt like she was just Chelsea Green. Like she didn't really have a quote-unquote character. Other than, like, she had Robert Stone. She was very confident. And they, like, she may, if, if anything, if you want to try and do any kind of, like, gimmick with her, she was more like the confident influencer chick type, I guess you could say. Like, social media influencer type chick. So, then we had Cody Rhodes versus Finn Balor. They went 15 minutes, and I don't know how many times they had to tell us this is the first time these two have ever fought. The first time these two have ever had a match against each other at all. Singles match, tag match, anything. Other than, well, the Rumble. They were both in the Rumble last night, but they didn't do anything together. So, they kept saying that, and Corey mentioned that they both have history, similar history in Japan. Early on. Balor worked over Rhodes' peck and upper body until Rhodes hit a suicide dive before tossing aside Priest and Dominic. Rhodes hit Balor with a power slam for a two, and Balor followed with a headlock elbow drop for a two, which led to the second commercial break of the match. Before the first break, nothing really happened. Uh, after the break, Rhodes hit a superplex. They exchanged punches until Rhodes hit a Cody cutter for a two. Balor countered a crossroads attempt in his sling blade, but Rhodes came right back with a super kick for a two. Judgment Day then surrounded Rhodes after Balor kicked him in, uh, kicked him out of the ring. Yet Edge would run in from through the crowd and knocked out Priest before spearing Dom. Ripley would then come down and attack Edge before Beth would come out and spear her basically straight to hell. Balor then hit a shotgun dropkick and went to the top, but was distracted by Edge, which means Cody had time to move out of the way of the coup de gras. Edge quickly jumped off the apron. Cody then hit. Three crossroads and pinned Finn to pick up the victory. So there we go. Finn Balor gets beat. Cody Rhodes picks up the big win. And then afterwards, he saluted basically Edge and Beth was the show went off the air. It was a good main event. Oh, yeah. I loved it. I thought it was great. Now, so I know it was rumored that it was going to be Edge versus Finn at Royal Rumble. I think you do at WrestleMania, do like 
them guys in a hell in a cell than do than bring back Demon King Finn Balor. That'd be cool. I think that would be amazing. That would be amazing right there. Well, that was the the Royal Rumble rumor that he would be the demon against quote unquote the brood edge in Hell in a Cell at Rumble. So maybe they push it off and do it at WrestleMania. You can do the mixed tag match at Chamber just to give, you know, Rhea something for Chamber and Finn something and uh, whatever. But then, yeah, I do like the idea of pushing it off and doing it at WrestleMania instead. But with that, that is going to wrap things up as far as what we thought of Raw. Any closing thoughts on tonight's Raw? Um, like I said, it was a very productive Raw. It's going to be interesting to see, like, who else they announced for, like, the women's chamber as far as, like, who qualifies, and same for the men's chamber. So, so here we go. We'll I'm gonna, see. I'm going to make you make a prediction right now. Candice, Meechan, Carmelo, or Piper? Because there's one spot. As, as much as I want Candice to win, I think it's going to be Piper. So do I. I think Triple H wants to, with her returning and getting the name change, I think they're going to want to spotlight her. I don't think she wins the chamber, but I think they're going to put her in there in like a spotlighted role. Yeah. It'd be cool to see Carmelo because of, you know, she's just returned and everything, but she'd be fine not being in there and losing unless they do like a, well, no, never mind. Now it's like a last chance qualifier, but why? No, I, I think it's Piper as well. That would be my prediction. I, I just feel like, like I said, with the name change and how like much they gave her in the Rumble to shine, I think they want to start pushing her as somebody big. But with all of that, whoop, I just closed the wrong tab. With that, now we got to get to the polls as far as what you guys thought of tonight's Monday Night Raw as far as the Twitch poll does go. 100% liked Raw. As far as the live YouTube poll does go, 74% liked Raw, 23% thought it was just all right, and 3% did not like it. Uh, as far as the Twitter poll does go, Twitter, 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 Twitter. 74% liked the show, 16% thought it was just all right, and 9% didn't like Raw. Finally, heading over to the YouTube community poll. 77% liked the show. 18% thought it was just all right. And 5% did not like it. So pretty even across the board on people liking and not liking and whatever for Monday Night Raw. So that's going to wrap everything up. Guys, I want to say thank you for joining us here. Whether you're watching live, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited or youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or watching later on YouTube or listening later on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. With that, guys, have a great rest of your Monday. We'll be back live on Wednesday for AEW Dynamite. Have a good one, guys. See you next time.